You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. movie that needs to be riffed and has not been done so yet is the perfect age of rock and roll is that a film familiar with it there's no reason for you to be other than the fact that it was it was taryn manning's last flick before she did orange is the new black oh and otherwise it is so abysmal i have never i mean in all the years that i was doing screenings i never wanted to walk out of a film except for two things Jack and Jill, where they wouldn't let me out of the Listen to our uh, Jack and Jill episode. (laughs) I know, right? And the perfect age of rock and roll. The perfect age. Go get that on the list. Make sure you put that on the list. You're really selling me on it there, Devin. I want to send it to to, uh, Riff Tracks because I guarantee they could buy it for like 50 cents and a a bag of circus peanuts. And I really think that it would be a a good thing for them. We could do a double feature. We could do that one and we could do Creating Rem Lazar. No! Dude, we are going to do that one someday. I'm going to be sick that episode. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Love the blue frames, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no, those are those are some good glasses. Those are some cool frames mm-hmm. he's got on. Mm-hmm. Always very stylish. Hey, so I started watching the show. Do you, have you guys watched anything on Quibi? No, I keep seeing Quibi. it pop That's up in on? my. Uh... <laughs> yes, apparently. Yeah. So it's it's a new uh, like a new streaming platform, and it's short for quick bits. Everything oh. is nine minutes or less. Uh, oh, and so about how long it's going to be left on 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 the air? Oh yes. no. Well, I got to tell you, I watched something that I really enjoyed on Quibi, and it was called Die Heart. And it's like a fictitious, it's fictitious uh, biographical Kevin Hart vehicle where (laughs) he wants to be an action star. He's sick of being the stupid sidekick. So they send him to like this action star school that's supposed to be like taught by John Travolta, a character played by John Travolta. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so shit starts to kind of like get real. And Kevin Hart just kind of does what Kevin Hart. I've realized what I love about Kevin Hart. He is the live action Daffy Duck. Like he is, <laughs> he's full of himself. He's obnoxious. He always finds himself getting into ridiculous situations all the time. Uh, but yeah, he that's I I narrowed it down. I was like, he's Daffy Duck. That's why I connect with him so much. <laughs> uh, but at, at nine minutes a pop, it's like ten episodes long. I recommend it. I yeah. mean. It's it's really fun. It's nothing you haven't seen before, like from a comedy standpoint. Mm. Uh, but it it kind of scratches the itch, you know. It's it's not bad. Let me ask you this: if, I, if Kevin Hart is a Daffy Duck, who is his uh, Bugs Bunny? That would be the Dwayne Rock. The Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's what I thought. I was going to say the same. <laughs> it's only natural. Mm, okay. Then what does that make Jason Statham? Then? He's Jason Elmer Fudd. Statham would be Elmer yeah, Fudd. He's, Fudd. Fudd. Ooh, oh, okay. he's bald like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Vin Diesel would be the uh, he'd be Foghorn Leghorn, and uh, <laughs> I thought I saw, I thought I saw. Her. <laughs> I, I, I said I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I said, <laughs> nice boy, but he's about as sharp as a bowling ball. <laughs> there we go. That's great. Um, so yeah, no, that's uh, I I checked that out. Anybody seen anything new? I mean, Joel's going to bore us about some Wes Anderson film. That no, no watched. Wes Anderson this week, sadly. Oh, but uh, did have time to squeeze in <laughs> an old favorite from, I want to say 2004, 2005, uh, called Waiting with uh, Ryan oh, Reynolds. With Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, you've seen that. Actually, kind of a star-studded cast. 
And yeah, uh, forgot how uh, funny that movie is. Yeah, with the exception of Dan Cook, of course. <laughs> oh my god, he was the star at the time. Which is ironic. He plays a cook in that movie. That's right. Oh, that's, right. maybe that's how he got cast. <laughs> oh. But still that's funny. Movie. I can recommend you it. Like, no, yeah, it's, it's good. Hilarious. You know, um, the the person that I really love in that movie, I think. Her name is uh, Alana. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember her last name. She yeah. was in Meet the Fockers. I'll tell you. Uh, she's done voice work out the S. She's so funny. Um, and uh, and Rob, uh, the guy who plays God in, uh, in Supernatural. No, not Rob Cordry. <laughs> um, but yeah, the guy who plays God in Supernatural, Chuck. Uh, he, he plays the guy with the uh, shy bladder. He can't go to the bathroom. Oh, that is that oh. same guy. Yes. Yeah. Rob Benedict is his name. There you go. Uh, really, really good stuff. No, there's good work going on all over the Anna place Ferris. in that movie. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds basically carrying the entire film on his entire shoulders. Movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alana Ubach. <laughs> Alana Ubach was her name. Alana Ubach. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's her last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, you know, she's done a lot of, she's been on the Adam Carolla podcast a bunch. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I found out, like, oh, she did all this other stuff. And then I found out yeah. that Al- Adam Carolla, I realized, is a, a douchebag, and I couldn't yep. listen to him. When anymore. we listened to him, that's right. It, oh, so long ago. <laughs> it took you to then to realize? Yeah, man. Sorry about that. Hey, I'm sorry, he's Chad. Still, he's still funny. I'll give him that. Yeah, he is. Is he? In what? Who? Adam Carolla? In, in his life. Show. Yeah. His, uh, in his life. In, uh, in, in, in Wreck It Ralph. You liked him in Wreck It Ralph? Oh, well, I'm not saying he's a great actor, but I'm saying uh, he's a good personality. No, I'm saying his voice work in Wreck-It Ralph was pretty fun. That's he right. Did a good it, job. It was the donut cop? Yeah, he was one of the donut cops. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, well, this is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name is Joe. I'm Joel. It's and this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes a good movie, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. Every week we'll watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, we invite you to take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay uh, or in the search bar on Facebook. Type in the Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. And that's where you can find us. Let us uh, know what you think about the movie of the week. If you have ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, let us know about that, too. We'll add it to the list. And, uh, and then, you know, if you're lucky... We'll have you come on and talk about it with us. Uh, like this week, we're yeah. talking about 1994's Time Cop mm. and uh, and uh, Editing Bay All Star Devin Pike back Yay. to join us. Thank you so Fresh much out for of Editing Bay Jail, bitches. That's right. <laughs> you tell him. You Purgatory tell him. Story is did. over. I'll tell you exactly what he did. Joe was amazing <laughs> enough to uh, be on the first year that we did um, the charity telethon Who Needs Sleep, which is 36 hours to raise money for cancer, cancer-fighting organizations. Joe came on, brought some really great prizes for our raffle. We had him on, I think it was like the sixth or seventh hour, so I can't even blame fatigue for this. <laughs> and not once, because once would almost be excusable, but twice <laughs> I pronounced his name Joe Cucciotti. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and I didn't even realize that I did it until probably about five or six days afterwards. I was oh, really? listening to the Editing Bay episode following. And Joe says, yeah, I saw Devin the other day. Couldn't pronounce my fucking name right. And I was like, <laughs> my head, are you saying? And I went back to the tape, looked at it, and said, oh, uh. son <laughs> And I was like, so I immediately messaged Joe, and I say, I'm so sorry. Oh. I don't know how that happened. You're incredibly kind. Please forgive me. I know how to pronounce your damn name. So that was three years ago. <laughs> and I said, off with his head. <laughs> that was the last time Devin was on the podcast. So Devin's been paroled out of Editing Bay Jail. Yeah. And I'm, 
I'm glad to have him because I couldn't think of anybody better to talk about the movie of the week. This is your pick, Joel. 1994's Time Cop. This is mine. Uh, I, yeah. I like to uh, pick my movies in advance. Sometimes I'll, I'll look at the calendar. I'll see what movies are coming out, Ooh, I, which has been difficult to do uh, since March of 2020. But uh, there was a hope. One, one great hope. <laughs> what happened? Well, what happened? I'll, I'll, I'll send you a Google link later. Thanks. <laughs> It'll catch you all up. Um, but at the time, uh, I added this uh, movie to the list uh, because there was a little Christopher Nolan film coming out, soon to be coming out. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll never come. Who knows? Maybe it's caught in a time warp and we'll never see it. But um, yes, his, his <laughs> sorry, no. Let's do, let's do the time warp. No again. Rocky Horror never. in this episode. Listen to our Rocky Horror Picture episode, by the way. <laughs> okay, but, Joel, go ahead. Yes, uh, so Tenet, which is his time cop, basically. What is it calling it time inversion? I've done a little reading on it, and uh, I've tried to figure out what the hell is going on based on the mm-hmm. trailers. But uh, yeah, man, That's smart to do with every excited about Just try it. to figure it out through the trailers. <laughs> There's no way he can go wrong. Spoiler alert, that will never uh, happen. Never Mm -hmm. works. Uh, But yeah, I was all excited about Tenet. Still am excited. Uh, Would really hope they'd go the VOD route, which is what everybody else is doing. I think I know. They just announced that Mulan's going to be doing that. This movie does not need to be seen anything other than a big ass old IMAX theater (laughs) with sticky floors the whole nine yards. I don't want to see this on my couch. It just doesn't work for me. I hear you, but uh, we won't be in a theater for a long time, it seems, unfortunately. And uh, I don't want to die before seeing this movie. (laughs) Draft House is opening up starting tomorrow. Matinee showings. Are they really? Yeah, they yeah, just but made When's the next time you'll feel comfortable? I mean, we all love the Draft House here. Bro, I would go. I would go right now. What? You, I would go right now. Oh, not me. You can't get me. You, There's going to be don't, everybody You don't there. have kids. If you had oh kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I understand. I Why haven't wait. you had any kids yet? Oy, you're, I you're making us all upset. I can't wait to get my wife to a movie theater and away from our children. Fair enough. <laughs> um, no, so they've they've announced they're doing that with Mulan now. They're finally going to do that yes, on VOD. 30 bucks. Limited release. Uh, I think I saw a rumor that Black Widow is also going to see a release in November. Ooh, I'd be very surprised way. if they do that. What is it I be would be too. I feel like, I feel like uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I feel like Disney has enough resources that they can kind of rest on their laurels. Like they're releasing other stuff, but I know like Mulan and to a much bigger degree, like black widow, those movies are going to make money no matter what, if they hold on to them for another year, yes. they're yeah. still going to make money. And but, yes, go ahead. striking while the iron is hot uh, would be a great idea because all that's going to happen is like uh, movie theaters in other countries are opening. The ones that fucking did this pandemic, right? who now have no new cases and zero deaths. What are you talking about? We did it perfectly. I mean, just listen to our president. <laughs> oh, you're right. Uh, my mistake. I stand correct. <laughs> He'll just tell you. He'll tell you how great he was. At oh, it. I know. I've seen the news clips. <laughs> did you see the Axios interview? <laughs> I did. Just just oh a clip, God. but I, I can't. It's like 15 minutes long. I can't subject myself to that. It just makes me angry. But uh, I do follow the clips on Twitter. <laughs> it's like It's like watching... And I've said this before. It's like watching the idiot that you were in class with trying to like BS their way through a book report I know. for a book they didn't read. And you're like, <laughs> everybody like, you're knows. Like, Why are you lying? Just stop talking. Just stop talking <laughs> yes. for two seconds. Just be quiet. Look thoughtful. Even though we all know you're an idiot, just like look, like take the question in, look at the guy and go, that's a good question. That's bullshit. And then move on to something else. Like, there you just, go. That's that's better than just rambling. Like like my crazy father with like all these papers and like, well, look at this one and look at this. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god. 
you've turned into literally the crazy uncle on Thanksgiving that like nobody wants to talk to. He's got like the pegboard where he's connecting the dots. It's the between worst. Antifa yeah, it, it, and Black Lives the, Matter. I would recommend you watch the entire interview because it is I can't. a train wreck. It's a train wreck. I don't need to devote any more of my life to this person. Seth Julia Louis over on Twitter sat down and fact checked the entire 33 minute video. Oh, God. Oh, and God. he cracks 100 falsehoods oh, in 30 minute falsehoods. It, take, it took him four hours to <laughs> fact check the entire thing. Oh, my God. Wow. Somebody, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus posted the interview like over the end credits to Veep. Yes. And it's perfect. It is just, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, all right. So getting back on task. Uh, so, Joel, did you know when you picked Time Cop, mm. you actually picked something very appropriate to our time, especially the Ron Silver character? Oh, yeah. Like, what's did going on? Did he die him? too? Well, no, yeah, Ron Silver did die. <laughs> Every fucking Ron celebrity Silver, is dead. Really? He died? Ron, Ron, yeah, Ron Silver died no, quite a while ago. Oh, I feel like yeah, an ass he, now. Rest in peace, he, Ron yeah, Silver. Well, you are. That's because you are. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the film directed by Peter Hyams, who also gave us Capricorn 1, mm. Outland, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, uh, the wonderful Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal vehicle, Running Scared, nope. and another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that you'll be familiar with, mm. Sudden Death. Oh, yes. Listen to our Sudden Death yeah. episode, a movie That's I quite right. enjoyed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really fun. The budget for this movie, $27 million, oh, and yeah. it brought in, in the box office, $101.6 million. Wow. Huge success wow, for Jean-Claude really? Van Damme. Um, other movies that came out in 1994. This is, this is a marquee, no pun intended, year for, for movies. And it's also very memorable for me because it was the first year that I started working in a movie theater. So I was really like getting into seeing like all these films that were coming out. Mm. So this is what we got in 1994. All right. Leon the Professional, The Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, The Mask, The Usual Suspects, Interview with the Vampire, Legends of the Fall, Natural Born Killers, Speed, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber, The Crow, Terminal Velocity, Street Fighter, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Double oh. Dragon, Highlander 3, oh, Stargate. Uh, we also got Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, Wyatt Earp, The Page Master, Clear and Present Danger, uh, True Lies, Clerks, In the Whoa. Mouth of Madness, Wolf, and The Color of Night. Ugh. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our Wolf episode. Wow. Did you say that Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber came out in the same year? Same year. Yeah, man. Yeah. My boy Jim Carrey was working hard, man. <laughs> boy, that's what he was doing. It's man. been a very Jim Carrey year here on yeah. the editing bay. Well, we're going to have yeah. way more Jim Carrey. Just wait. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do we have to revoke your movie choices? Yeah, he doesn't uh, get to pick uh, movies. Uh, I, I take that back. We'll have no more Jim Carrey. Then. So, so one of the things that stood out to me is the opening credits started for this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize was that this movie was produced by Sam Raimi and Robert Tapper. I saw that name as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who gave us, obviously, the Evil Dead films, gave us Xena Warrior Princess, mm-hmm. uh, and, and a slew of other, like a, a simple plan, mm-hmm. uh, a slew of great, at least... Great by my estimation. I oh, love sure. Sam Raimi as a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. And I think as a producer, he's enjoyed a lot of uh, well-deserved success as well. Um, but as soon as I saw that, I had to kind of take a step back because I remembered seeing this movie a long time ago. And I remembered liking it for what it was. It's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And I was like, well, let me sit back and kind of watch what's going on here. And I found that I still kind of enjoyed this movie. Uh, for all the camp, all the tongue-in-cheek it's still enjoyable, and I think it's due in no small part to that Sam Raimi influence. What do you think, Joel? 
Uh, I can't disagree with you. I'm I'm much like you. Have a similar history. Saw it when it came out, uh, probably on VHS, maybe the, the year after. Uh, kind of stuck with me. I mean, like I'll see anything with time travel in it. Like I'm a sucker for a good time travel story. Uh, any uh-huh. episode of the of Star Trek, usually my yeah. favorite ones have time travel. Um, so even the, the stink, home. the stink of Jean Claude Van Damme was not going to keep me away from wait, the time wait, travel. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down <laughs> a little I saw bit. This. Slow down a little bit. Oh, oh. <laughs> the stink of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Wow. The stank. So uh, the overarching theme of this film is going to be, for me, is uh, it, it's, it's two different films smashed together, uh, occupying the same matter <laughs> in space. Like Rod Silver. <laughs> Just like Rod Silver at the end of this film, unfortunately. Uh, well, Devin's chomping at the bit. Let's Devin, get it. What, let's what, hear it. What have you got? From our guest. You say the stink of Jean-Claude Van Damme, but understand that he was a really bankable star at this point. Well, yeah. This was, uh, Time Cop was the second flick that he mainlined that grossed over $100 million bucks, which was no mean feat for $1994. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was riding high. He was an exec producer on this flick, so you know he's making money on the back end for it. And... I know that there's a lot of action sequences with JCVD in this. Yeah, you, I, we're tight like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's something to be said for a flick that he didn't have to be him in this. Yeah, and and when we get to the recast, we you know we'll go into that piece of it. But I really think that he, this was his best acting job throughout his entire career because it didn't require him to be kickboxer all the way through it. So wait, I, when you say his best performance throughout his career, you mean within this realm of like action movies, the 90s action movies, because I would throw the actual JCVD up there where True. that, that yeah. monologue that he has about halfway through the movie that still like just captivates me and like brings me almost again. to tears. I, haven't, I didn't see it since it came out and I need to watch that thing again. You really do, man. Well, gotta- and that's where I'm going to say that JCVD, uh, we're tight like that too. Uh, <laughs> I think that, I think he's a fine actor when he's not being forced to say English words. <laughs> I, oh. I think that, is that Mia Sarah, who who plays the his love interest in the flick, actually ribs him for his bad English accent. <laughs> right the top of the film. Well, if, if you keep speaking like that, you're not going to be able to get me back home and get the bed. It's really <laughs> funny, just the jab in that. And he says, yeah, I know. I'm Brussels. I can't really do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's so funny because, especially with like, and I think that's one of the things that this movie does suffer from, I will say. Um, it's him not quite getting the delivery of some of the dialogue, yeah. some of like just the just the uh, just playing with like the subtext of it uh like there's one scene where she's like your job is your job really that dangerous i'm paraphrasing horribly here she's like is your job really that dangerous and he responds he goes i don't bake cookies and i'm like why did he deliver it like that that like usually any other actor would be like well i'm not baking cookies like but he doesn't say it like that i'm not baking cookies and and I'm like, those little things, if someone isn't paying attention, like those little things are going to kind of take you out of it. Yeah. But I guess because I've grown up with Jean-Claude Van Damme, I like I give him a pass. Like this is a dude whose monologue from Street Fighter is like oh, something yes. I've, I've used for auditions, for God's sake. And, and, and it, there's this wonderful, at least I like to think there is a self-aware element to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, sure. Like, Very much whereas so. with. 
with like Stallone and with Schwarzenegger. Like you've got these guys who take themselves pretty seriously most times. And it's only been like on this latter end of their careers where they're kind of like realizing the caricature that they are, where I feel like Jean-Claude Van Damme had a pretty good handle of what he was supposed to be. I mean, he, he got kind of torn in different directions by producers who wanted him to be something more than what he was. But I think he had a good grasp on on what he was. And that's why this movie, based on a comic book, mm. has a wonderful and delightful comic book feel to it. Uh, and well, that's what you get when you get the when you get the writers of the comic book actually involved in the production. Because uh. Mark Verheiden, who's one of the best comic writers of our entire generation, is is the mm-hmm. co-writer for it along with uh, Richardson. I mean, they, yeah. they really nailed the script of it really, really well. Oh yeah. Then who um, was the frat boy then that they hired to uh, punch up the script and add in the <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme elements? Because I'm with you. Like it's a, it's a this is a fun story. It's a fun concept. I like the idea. I like the ride. I like yeah. you know kind of some of the. It's not a very heady time travel film, but it's fun enough. Hey, what if criminals <laughs> travel yeah. back and stole millions? <laughs> Joe's vigorously this shaking is, his head. No, this is definitely a movie. Heady. A movie about time travel that yeah. is not clear about its own rules or consequences. But, but it comes it, to it's, it's smart enough. But then. Like every fifteen minutes, like I, I imagine, like the original writers in a room trying to come up with a script, and then there's the studio guy who every fifteen minutes is be like, "All right, but then we got to see boobs, and then a house has to explode." <laughs> and I feel Jean-Claude like every time has the to... producer said we need to see boobs, Jean Claude Van Damme was like, "And my ass, yes, please, <laughs> my ass too." Because yes. my ass. We are eleven minutes into this movie, and we get a full on shot of yeah, his man. ass. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, that is not what I came here for. That's a little something for the ladies too. <laughs> It was in the contract. We see him with his shirt off later on. Oh, yeah. This is uh, something for the men and the ladies. And one so. of the worst fu- knife fight sequences in, in the world. Like, that knife fight in his apartment where he's basically just holding a knife up and the dude he's fighting attacks the knife like five <laughs> or six times. And I'm like, this is if, – if Jean-Claude Van Damme isn't comfortable with a knife – don't do a knife fight. Like have him like when he finally had the washcloth yeah. and like was doing all that. Like it was way better at that point. But yeah. The knife fight was so weak. Look like two dudes like slap boxing. Hey, Tess, this is what fight sequences looked like in the 90s, by the way. Yeah, yes. they were. So, yeah. Ridiculous. Before it, the Matrix. I was like, that, that was also the same scene where like at the end where the guy's like, oh, yeah. All uh, how many voltages or whatever. Like, like 50,000. Like, yeah. He's like, you're fried. And then John Claude hops up and does the splits on the kitchen counter. Yeah, it's his signature and like, move. And I'm yeah, like, he was famous for that. Well, that's the thing. This is my first Jean-Claude Van Damme mm. movie that I've ever, that I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Like, you, you told me he was in this movie and I was like, okay. I was like, I've always heard the name. I was like, this will be my first one. I'm going to experience it. This will be great. And I'm not even going to lie to you for a second there. I had him mixed up with the other uh, action, uh, the other uh, action Steven star. Steven Seagal. Uh, Yes, yeah. the one that everybody makes fun like, of. There's, there's like, 20 like, of them. <laughs> but, but the one that everybody makes fun of for like his hair and looking oh, terrible. Yeah, the one, you showed me ago. that video on YouTube. Oh, of, like, of him, him doing to... the demonstration and like <laughs> yeah. moving at like a mile an hour. Yeah, like, I was, I was like, I was, 
I thought it was I thought it was him that you were talking about for a second. I was like, why is Joe so excited to see this guy? Fair question. But then seeing it, I'm like, okay, jo- oh, okay, John Claude Van Damme. All right. Mm, yeah. But seeing him like just spread ass like that across the- <laughs> yeah, I was man. like, all right, this is what he does in his movie. It is right, every time. Your, your, your homework assignment is at some point. Mm-hmm. Find a copy of Bloodsport. Yeah. Because that is pure, unadulterated Jean Claude Van Damme doing nothing else but being just this unstoppable kickboxing machine. Yep. And dancing. And seriously, oh. some of the best fight choreography he's, he's ever had. And dancing. Oh. And All dancing. Right. Of course. <laughs> and dancing. Yes. That, sounds yes. ama- that sounds amazing. Won't you give me better movies like that, Joe? How about, <laughs> I'm gonna, what, what are you talking about? I give you great movies. What? Like no Rambo's <laughs> Rambo part four, part six. Okay, look, it again. it's first blood, <laughs> then Rambo, first blood, part two. Then there's uh-huh. Rambo three, but it's actually for Rambo two, first blood, part three. Uh, and I'm lost then they came out with Rambo, which was Rambo <laughs> three, first blood, part four. And then <laughs> wasn't it the fourth Rambo that was Rambo four, first blood, part five? I'm putting on my mask so I don't get infected by this logic. <laughs> that is, is that a, what we do in the shadows mask? It is a, what oh, we do in the shadows. For a second, I thought it was a Billy Mitchell. Was, Nandor looks kid. just like Billy Mitchell, but I see it now. That's great. I thought it was a friend of mine uh, uh, did him on, a, on Etsy. She's amazing. That's great. That's beautiful. We're going to have to plug at the I end. I love that we'll show. Um, all right. So here's my – okay. Huh. So they're looking at Jean-Claude Van Damme. I, I mean, we have to cover the story yes. a little bit in this movie. They, they're looking at Jean-Claude Van Damme to be part of this time enforcement commission. <laughs> so like, I feel like that's like they want to get the best of the best in law enforcement mm-hmm. and like train them to be a part of this force. But when we first meet him, like the night he's with his wife, he gets a phone call. And he's like, what? And she's like, don't answer it. For once, don't answer it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, he's got to do a job. But but that's beside the point. Like, so he answers it. And then, like, is kind of coming downstairs. And she's like, so you have to go. And they're like, he, they can't find anybody else. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Are you, like, a rent-a-cop? And, like, someone didn't show up for their shift? I know, right? Because if that's the case, I don't want you being my time enforcement officer. You're going to have to prove yourself yeah. a little bit. Doesn't sound like the best of the best to me. So I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not clear what it is he does, but I know he's friends with that Matuzak guy. Um, yeah, and and we find out that like ten years later, after the the death of his wife, we catch back up with him, and he is a time cop. He's gone back to like the what is it? He goes back to the twenties, like thirties, yeah, twenty nine, yeah. His but, former partner, who's well, like, yeah, but back up, talk know, about talk about his wife dying though. That whole scene right there. And yeah. how he comes downstairs, and he's like, "All right, I'm done. I'm about to go to my. I'm about to go to work or whatever." And he walks out the door and immediately gets attacked <laughs> out of nowhere. I'm like, "Well, Tess, it's not. It's not out of nowhere because what you were watching was the end of the movie. Yeah, oh, just didn't know it. That's what. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know it. That's the end of the movie. It wasn't out of nowhere. The whole movie was leading up to that point again. But at that time, at that <laughs> time, I'm like." All right, why is this? I was like, what's so special about him that they're beating him up? It's like, what's so special about this shift that they really don't want him to get to? <laughs> don't want to, get to you thought that was what it was. They just don't <laughs> want him to get to it. Stay <laughs> home. Don't come into work. It's like, man, he's got a job, man. That house that they blew up, they, that's how you know he's not a rent a cop because that was not a cop. That was not a yeah. cop salary house. They were, they were living off a her salary. Two story. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so Tess, what I'm getting from you is I feel like you don't think that the, the rules of time travel that they set up in this movie <laughs> makes make sense. sense. No, at all. They don't make sense. No, let's all, well, I mean, let's just look at how they get how they go back in time yes. and how they have to get into a mini shuttle and yep. basically and basically jettison themselves at the wall. Yep. Yeah, and that's my question. So when they when they get to the past, they're no longer in the shuttle. They're just like and walking in. Exactly. Then when they come back from the past, they're arriving in the shuttle <laughs> yes, again. So how does that work? We never see them come back, do they? They just push it's because they have the overthruster. It's because oh, they, got, they got Hakita and Bonsai's overthruster, and that's how they pass back in time. <laughs> that's a Buckaroo Bonsai yeah, reference for you guys that don't know. Um, so so here's, here's, here's a big thing, a big problem with your time travel movies. And it's funny because they, they wink at this in Avengers Endgame. But when, you, when you're playing around with time travel, you do have to set up the rules and the consequences mm -hmm. very yeah. early on. And I think this movie does that in a very lazy and sloppy way because there will be things that happen in the past. And then, like, he comes back. Jean-Claude Van Damme will come back to the future, and suddenly things will change. And everybody there in the future is like, well, what are you talking about? It's always been this way. Are you nuts? And he's like, oh, no, but it's – so, like, why are his memories unaffected, mm -hmm. but everybody else's are? And also, <laughs> also, I would like to say, like, if you're working, if you're <laughs> yes, is that, like, you send people back in time to write <laughs> things that have gone wrong – I feel like a big sign on the wall should be like, hey, if you start questioning things people are saying, like they're being weird, yeah. they probably mm -hmm. changed the time-space continuum. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Why don't you people <laughs> believe him a little bit more? Shouldn't so this happen should every be, day? We should videotape, and whoever goes back in time like keeps a copy of this video. Yeah, body but then when they get back, they yeah, can show body. you like, Hey, here's stuff that happened. So that way you can kind of keep track of like how reality has shifted. But that's all beside the point. Yes, You're bucking is. for Matuzak's job with this thing. You understand yeah, that, right? right. right. Oh, yeah. the head Matuzak's, of the Matuzak's doing a horrible job. So <laughs> they, they set up this rule. They set up this rule that like the time enforcement agency, they've, they've learned how to do time travel. And the thing is you can go back to the past, but you can't go to the future because it hasn't happened yet. So when they go to the past, it should really just be a one-way trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't go back to the future, right? Because <laughs> in go that to the time, past, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Mm. No, these yeah. are all uh, valid questions, and uh, I give you a hearty, I don't care, because <laughs> it's not trying to be anything that it's that it knows it's not. Um, and you're right about that. It is not trying to be more than what it is. What it's supposed to, though. It's a time travel movie. I mean... So understand it it's like it's but it's not like a happening. it's not like a christopher nolan time travel movie where he's thought about all these consequences it's really just like this is a great elevator pitch and it's, it's but, the, but the thing joel is that at the time this was in 1994 this was the christopher nolan time travel movie like uh, it's it just it's just a great example of how we've come far so far as a society it's like Action films have become so much smarter now oh, yeah. than they were in they 1994. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say, like, you're right. That's not to say that there aren't really fun things to be to experience in this film. I'm coming up. I have criticisms because I have to come up with things to say about the movie sure. for this podcast. But for the most part, like, I watched this movie. I had a great time watching it. Yeah. I did. 
I didn't, I didn't regret at all. And I was afraid I would, and I didn't regret at all. I didn't come back to it and go, Oh, I didn't like it as much as I did the first time. No, I had so much fun with it. Despite the fact that like the movie is scored horribly. Like there are moments of just <laughs> total silence. And I'm like, why do they not have this underscored with something? It's there suspense. should be music here. Um, what, what do you want? You want some uh, sexy sax like we hear at the well, beginning? Well, we got plenty of that. We we get plenty it was 94, that. man. Of course yeah. it has sexy sax. <laughs> peak sax, 94. This movie is so like clairvoyant in some of the stuff that's going on, though. You've got Ron Silver, I know. who's like, it doesn't matter who votes. It just matters who has the money. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Impressions. <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, there's uh, there's also like the scene, the VR scene where the guy's like having like virtual. Se- how how oh, ballsy yeah. is that? You work in a federal law enforcement agency headquarters, <laughs> yeah. and you're surfing VR porn on the computer. Their, their IT department oh. sucks, obviously. <laughs> really lax there with the HR code. And and Matuzak's like, stop doing that for God's sake. I'm like, wait a minute. There should be a little bit You're more. fired. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's how lenient they were in 94. It's, a- <laughs> it's one of my favorite bits, though, because there's that whole thing where Van Damme is talking to the lady from uh, from IA, um, Fielding. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's like, we try to be funny. And he's like, I'm never funny. And then two minutes later, he has that one liner with the guy who's having VR sex. And he's like, Looks like safe sex to me. I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> Check off the gun, your own thing there, buddy. Oh. Well, let's talk a little bit about the design of uh, the future, 2004, if you will. How about the, uh, how about the cars? How about, oh, my that's, God. That's what we have to look forward to. Absolute worst. I had that written because I, I watched it um, once Joe said, hey, um, you're out of jail. You you were bringing back the time cop, <laughs> and I, I rewatched the film, and I have cars written in big red letters yes. on my on my ledger sheet because Pretty my bad. God, so bad. Here's the thing I want to point out: this say, this movie came out the same year as Double Dragon. Do you remember the cars in Double Dragon, Joel? Were they, were they exactly the same? Were they borrowing? Exactly. <laughs> the really? Oh, so they were. I, I think the cars from Super Mario Brothers, the movie, were the same cars that were in Double Dragon, were the same cars that were in Time Cop. Conspiracy. Let's see who did that production design. Genius. However, I loved the look of that lab, like the the shuttle that they get in to go yeah. into the past. It's pretty cool. I love that design. Yeah. that's In like a Stargate I, sort of way, right? It, it came out the same year as Stargate. Wow. Oh, that's right. 1994. A masterpiece. But it, um, but it looked like a souped up DeLorean. It a little bit. Well, don't you think that was? Don't you think that was by design that yeah, it looked I, like the DeLorean? Oh, sure, yeah. But it looked like it ate a couple of DeLoreans. Like it was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was like I have a DeLorean well, had, fucked a transformer. It had two people into it for God's sake. No. So after seeing how physically and emotionally traumatic it is to go back into the past, yes, who would do I'm this? Really, I'm really surprised that they have people that do that with any kind of frequency whatsoever. Yeah. Even Jean Claude Van Damme is in terror. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Needing that whole getup to go back to the past, how are people doing it unauthorized? That's a great question. I know because that's the whole thing. Like when when they try to break in and do it, all of a sudden we've got security guards that we're going to have to set on fire with the thrusters from this thing. But yeah. uh, <laughs> somehow uh, Ron Silver's able to do it anytime he needs with his little uh, iPod. Any single- answer that, I'm going to give you the same answer that we got in contact when we found out that there was a second apparatus to send them back. When you're in charge of the oversight for <laughs> a project, you can double up the budget and no one will give a shit. Build well two played. of everything. 
clever. I like that. All right. Did you guys catch the audio from the TV broadcast about the white supremacist party? I, I did like, notice they're that They're talking too. about the election. Yeah, there was like abolitionists and the white supremacist party. And uh, and then like the the uh, the independence, and I was like, what? Wow, I'd never noticed that the first time I watched it. There's a lot of things going on. They've peppered this movie with a lot of like, if you're paying attention to it, a lot of little mm-hmm. Easter eggs. As beautiful as those cars were, um, the, those two goons, those two goons that we first see in the mall uh, that are they're there to accost poor uh, JCVD, and I, I I knew it was a time travel movie. I couldn't tell if it was like. Okay, is this just what the producers think thugs look like in the nineties? Like, no, it, I think it's what they thought thugs would look like in two thousand four. I think so too, but <laughs> mid nineties kind of looks like future two thousand four in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. retrospect, yeah. Uh, so I thought yeah. that was. I've seen a bunch of thugs who look like that. I don't know yeah. with, <laughs> with big uh, hoop earrings. <laughs> And and the and the mohawk, mohawk. sorry the the, the the long sorry so it's a mullet mm-hmm. but it, it it's shaved back or the guy was just balding and just decided to say fuck it and I'm just going to take it from there <laughs> I think and then right there. there's no business in the front but it's all party in the back it's all yeah, party and pink no too business. dyed pink if I recall yeah hey, so wouldn't it wouldn't it be a lot more effective that like if somebody went back in time and started messing things up instead of like tracking them down, like while they're midway through their plot, why don't you just figure out when they went back yeah. and go and back like 30 minutes before they do. And punch so them. that way you can just punch them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This, this movie starts off with so much more promise than what it ultimately delivers. I love how it opens where we're like in the 1830s, right? It's like civil war yeah. era or, or 1870s and uh, 60s. 60s. There you go. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, uh, some uh, people were being robbed on horseback, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I get where they're going with this. We see the same thing in the 20s, right? we got kind of a Bugsy Malone-looking guy. So yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of potential, like, playing with different time eras. And, and, yes, cops who are policing this stuff. Unfortunately, like I said, they tried to sandwich this JCVD movie into it, where it's like mm-hmm. every 15 minutes he's got to kick somebody in the nuts or not kick somebody, <laughs> but look really cool doing it. You remember that scene in Thor Dark World where he's going through like all the different dimensions in the final fight? They're like going through all the different layers of the dimensions. Oh, yeah. That would have been a really cool thing to throw into this movie where like he and Ron Silver, like the final battle goes through like, you know, they're in the Old West and then like medieval times. And then they end up like, you know, in in 2004, like, you know, kind of play around with the timeline a little bit. Uh, I was kind of I found myself wishing that they would do something like that because like you said, 1994 looks a lot like 2004, and I think that just it speaks to the the limitations of the budget. But when this movie does kind of pop visually, it's when they go and do something really dynamic, like go to 1865 or go to the 1920s. And it's like, wow, that's that's really cool. And to see that whole timeline like juxtaposed with these futuristic looking weapons, uh, that that's a fun. Yeah, yeah. real futuristic looking. Looks like Nerf uh, guns painted black. So if Jean Claude Van Damme went back and saved his wife in the past mm-hmm. and kills Ron Silver, who's mm-hmm. supposed to be heading up the TEC, well, then he would never actually end up in the TEC program, right? Because Ron Silver would be dead, but then somebody else would be heading up the project. It would change. It feels. I feel like that would change the entire DNA of this character and of his personality, and that's me thinking too hard yes. about yeah. this movie. This ain't Looper. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. They didn't know. They didn't know Ron Silver was dead. Remember? Because when he came back, he's like, "Oh, um, Senator McComb." Yes. And he was like, 
He's like, no, he just disappeared one day and never came back. <laughs> I love <laughs> that he uh, just has that detail on the on the yeah, like right on the tip of his tongue, like ten years later. We should go back in time and investigate why. What happened to him? And they will in Time Cop Two: Electric Boogaloo, starring Jason Scott Lee. It's true. There, there was a Time Cop Two. This one, this movie. This movie was followed up with like a, a TV series, uh, wow. and then there was a Time Cop Two starring Jason Scott Lee. I guess they just didn't make enough money, huh? No, <laughs> and I, I don't think the other one made any money. But no, this... I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> well, there you go. That. I like that in two thousand four. There's Jean Claude Van Damme in his in his apartment has this old ass tube TV. And still rocks VHS tapes. He says <laughs> to the computer, play tape. <laughs> Excuse me? This is 1994. We already had yes. disc-based media. Yeah, somebody didn't see the future coming? Instead, he's like, play the tapes. I'm like, hello, Grandpa. <laughs> what? Turn my phonograph on. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's true. In, in other better sci-fi movies, even they just made everything smaller. Like, they still had CDs, but they were really tiny CDs. So that's how you yeah. know it's the future. Sure. Um, I, I'm so thankful that someone turned on the lights in the final battle of this movie. Because I do think a lot of this film is very dark. Like, mm-hmm. it just, just visually, it is hard to see what's happening in this movie because it is so dark. Which is um, weird because Peter Himes was also the cinematographer for this. And he's a really oh. great shooter. So I'm really surprised that he shot it as dark as he did. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't make much sense. No. No. Um, Joel, are you familiar with a lot? Have you seen a lot of JCVD movies? or just No. The, the few um, here, I'm, I'm going to pull up his IMDb page. I'll tell you exactly what I've seen. Obviously, I've seen this. I've seen Sudden Death. I've seen... Mm-hmm. Uh, Street Fighter. Blood Sport, seen Street Fighter. Well, what I'm curious about, and this is probably a horrible question for Tess. Oh, double impact. I, I want to know, know where this movie ranks, uh, at least among the Jean-Claude Van Damme action films. Where does this one rank with you? Man. First and last. <laughs> First and last. Oh, no. Wasn't impressed with the acting abilities of one Jean-Claude Van Damme, unfortunately. Wow. I'll put this one towards the top, man. Uh, looking at yeah. everything else, I really enjoyed... Uh, uh, I like Double in- Impact. I like Bloodsport. Uh, but again, I'm a sucker for the time travel aspect. So it's like... Uh-huh. I, where I need some sort of gimmick to enjoy a JCVT film. Uh, mm-hmm. There's got to be something else just besides the kickboxing to get it in. Because it ain't his charisma. And it's not his uh-huh. acting ability. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, time travel and uh, JCVD are... Two great tastes that taste great together. Great together. <laughs> Devin, where would you rank this? I, as far as Jean Claude Van Damme films go, I would put Bloodsport at the top. Yeah. Um, I would put Time Cop second, and I would put Double Impact third. All right. Gotcha. Joe, wow. top three. Man, well, obviously, I put JCVD on top. You like that one? Um, I like I that one a lot. That. I cannot count that okay. as one of the flicks, though. And let me talk. You know what? I even put it in the in the. I said in in the action film. Uh, Iconic, I, Icona, what is, what am I trying to say? Iconic, iconography. No? Iconography. Thank you. Um, all right. So I guess I would probably put, um, I would put sudden death on top because I'm a huge hockey fan. Uh, and any movie where you get Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting the, the mascot for the Pittsburgh Penguins, that, yes. that already gets a million points. So it, would be, <laughs> it would be sudden death time cop. Uh, and then I would probably put like just 
Bloodsport and and um uh and Kickboxer mm. and like I I'd put everything like I couldn't I could not rank them like Universal Soldier Street Fighter I would just put oh. them all right there. Well, look at that. Uh, we all had a uh, Time Cop and Elias our top three, which yeah. is saying something when you look at the uh, Rotten Tomato scores and realize. Only 44% of critics liked it, and 36% of audiences? Like, what was, I guess, maybe just in 1994, we had such a, 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 a an abundance of quality that uh, this I got lost. I hard target. Hard target. Oh, oh hard target's yeah. good, too. <laughs> and I forgot about Universal Soldier. To oh, yeah. shit, Universal Soldier, yes. Universal Soldier is so good. Uh, yeah. Time Cop, though, is that, it, I mean, even though we all, I mean, well, we all, even though you and I, Joe, are, remember it fondly, <laughs> Joel thinks it's trash. Um, it's not what I said. The weird thing is that it kind of fell into that weird crevice of mid-90s flicks that didn't really get that revival mm-hmm. that a lot of other ones from that genre did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that just means that it's time for me to throw it on a, a carburet screening. Um, very soon. <laughs> that would be fun. So here's the thing that I found really interesting about this movie is that a lot of the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies from the 90s you would definitely classify as a martial arts movie. Oh, yeah. And this one has no. that weird distinction where it isn't. It isn't a martial arts movie. He he fights in a martial arts style, but that wasn't the focus of the film. Sudden Death wasn't a martial arts movie. It was Die Hard in a hockey arena. Um, and this one as well. Like I find that I enjoy it better when we're not focused so much on the martial arts. But then again, you got Bloodsport and, man, Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes, <laughs> Just man. thumbs up. I I love him. That half that movie is a Mentos commercial, and uh, <laughs> and I just adore it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, any other any other things? Any other notes? I think I've I've burned through mine. Let's see. Hmm. In the first scene where we see uh, Macomb in the limo, and they're going over the reasons why he's pulling well in some places and not in others. It's almost if he's running on Trump's 2016 campaign. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, building a wall, America first, uh, pro-death penalty, uh, pro-life. And I'm listening to all this going, Where are, are we sure that they didn't jump the 2016 <laughs> in this? Dear God. I feel like we're in the alternate timeline, unfortunately, where like yeah. Trump oh, came to this one. timeline, saw Time Cop, Oh yeah, and, uh, it's now recreating it. <laughs> a platform to run on. It's the best, um, <laughs> dude. So, like, so they're they're in the limo, and like the dude says something to Ron Silver. Ron Silver like bitch slaps him. He right? fucking pushes his head into the side of the uh, wall. Yeah, and the dude he hits is like twice as big. Ron Silver is not a big guy, no. so the dude the dude he hits is twice as big. And I'm like. That guy would turn and be like, bitch, don't you ever put your, your hand on me. <laughs> I don't care what you're the head of. He knows where his bread is buttered. You're not the president yet. <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't talked, and I feel like we, we're doing a great disservice by not mm. talking about Ron Silver in this film. Oh, yeah. Because, like, here we are. Ron Silver, established actor, like, you know, artist, auteur, <laughs> going head-to-head as your as your heavy in an action film against Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, this is, this is on the level of, like, Tommy Lee Jones being the bad guy in Under Siege. Like, oh, yeah. It's one of those that you look back on and go, what? <laughs> like, how, the, how did they convince him to do this? Is it just that Ron Silver looked at this and went, that sounds fun. I think I'll do that. I think that's exactly and, what it is. Looks like a great and, role. And he's awesome. Oh, yeah. He's awesome in he's this role. Up. 
actors always love to play a delicious villain that allow you to chew scenery as mm-hmm. if it were bubblegum. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that Ron looked at the script and said, I get to be the ultimate bad guy and everyone will hate me and I get to slam people into doors and break their noses and I'm going to be a blob of goo at the end of this. Like, <laughs> where do I sign? Where do I sign up? <laughs> like, and, the, and that's another thing. Like you, And there may be horror stories from the side. There are always horror stories from the sets of movies. But then there are films that you watch and you're like, oh, somebody had a good time making this. Oh, and yeah. you get that impression watching Time Cop. Like, man, somebody had a good time making this movie. Uh, and it, it translates because I had a great time watching it. As did I. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Tess? <laughs> this movie was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. It did better with Jim oh, Carrey in it. I would, oh, <laughs> man, it would have been so much better with Jim Carrey. That's my recast. Jim Carrey is time No, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't stupid. But it wasn't the greatest time movie that I, like, time travel movie that I've ever seen. What's and the greatest be, time travel movie you've ever seen? Ooh. Oh, greatest one. There's only one right answer. I mean, Looper, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Back to the Future is amazing. Exactly, like definitely, it's like definitely that one, but only the first one because I mean, the other, I mean, two is okay, but we don't talk about the third one. Good answer. We don't talk about the third one. We don't talk about the third one. I feel like I feel like Steve Harvey on the on uh, Family Feud. I'm be like, what's up there? Survey says. Got it right. Correct. Hey, hey, that's the first time you set me up, and I got it right, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I usually get it wrong. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, but no, see, it wasn't okay. Look, it wasn't terrible, but it being my first Jean Claude Van Damme movie, I was expecting so much more fighting mm. and all this. But he was doing he was doing a lot of talking, and I was like, I didn't know his accent was so terrible. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know it was so awful. But, the muscles from Brussels. Yeah, but Mia, I was like, she's a babe. She still, yeah, she still looks amazing. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So it was great to see her in this. and But there was just a lot of stuff going on. That I was, this is such an old movie. This is only from 94. Like, it felt at times like it... it it felt at times like I was like, this has to be an '80s movie. Like, I, like a couple of times yeah. I was watching, I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, like this is what they were watching in the '80s. I was like, I guess this is all their action movies. But uh, I, I was like, I guess I'm just spoiled from we have so many more effects and just so many cooler looking things because yeah. that, that blob, like when they went back in time and they go and that little blob. <laughs> they hit. it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> it's so terrible but i'm like it's 94 so i have to just let that go but and they tried to cover it up a little bit with like a funny joke right before they go back where she's like where she's like uh he, he told her she's like you need to uh, ask the i forgot what the name of that couple was that he kept asking her about he's like you need to ask them and she's like where are they oh those they're those two red little dots over there the two, yeah she, the two red spots <laughs> and she gets scared so i was like okay that's pretty funny so you don't really notice what's about to happen but then i was like wait did they just go into like a pool of goo what is i was like it it, it looked like i forgot what that show was on nickelodeon where this girl no. she would turn into a puddle back it back in the 90s but it looked exactly like that i can't remember <laughs> i can't remember what it's called but what she but that those effects of that that's the same level of what it was well so, I, I, 
I'm, I'm going to cut you off because yeah. you're rambling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you love this movie so much. And I don't know what, no, no, but I, I talked about you last week about myself and Irene. I wanted to, I want to piggyback on what you're saying though, because like they paint up, like you don't want to meet your, your, your past self. You don't want to run into them because yes, if, yeah. if you run into them, it's catastrophic. And they make it sound like it's like paradox, like world ending. Right. And then when it finally happens, it's like, Oh, oh. well, that really wasn't a big deal. No, he just got sucked <laughs> into hell. Did anybody else uh, think that maybe Matuzak was going to end up being a double agent? Like he was the bad guy? Yeah. Especially I that one was, scene thought... where uh, he, he he makes him say it. He's like, right, you trust me, right? You know, and JCVD doesn't say anything. And uh, it kind of doubles well, back. And I was like, well, they're setting that up. Well, I think part of the problem is like they tell us. And that's, that is one of the shortcomings of this movie is that it tells us a lot, but it doesn't show us enough. Uh, but like that they're best friends. Matuzak and Max are best friends, but we don't see that. We hear it all the time. So there's that scene where he's like, well, I'm not on the take. And he, you don't get a reaction. Yeah, that's that the would one. Have been, it would have been stronger if we'd seen how close these two have been. Yeah. Like maybe there's a sequence where like after Mia Sarah dies and there's like a funeral and like, let's get you back on your feet. Like we see where he like steps up as his best buddy over the years to help him kind of get over this, over this loss. And we don't see that. It's all just kind of told to us. And that's a, that's rough with it, with a Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. You definitely want to show more than tell. Um, (laughs) But that being said, I would still recommend this movie. I think this is a good time. Tess, would you at least recommend the movie? Oh, damn. Uh, no, I got to see. I got. I got to see more. I got to see more John Claude movies. Yeah. See, well, they're not going to get any better, Tess. Like we're yeah, in the top three right saying, here. Yeah, you guys. You guys all said it was like the number two movie on mm-hmm. his list. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so give well, up the program. Maybe he's just not for you. But well, I got to admit. Maybe. He's he's not really for me either. As much as I am uh, gonna recommend this film, I do think he's the the weakest link in there. Uh, I I can't help but while we while yes, this is probably one of his best performances. That doesn't mean I wouldn't rather see a better good. actor. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's good. Like you, know, I, I'm sure whoever we all recast with is could have acted circles around JCVD, uh, and I would have liked to have seen like a real actor kind of like emote. And, uh, and and hit some of these notes that he's not able to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, when he when he thinks Mia Sarah dies at the beginning, he he definitely looks at that that blown up house. With he sure concert. does. He yeah. thinks about crying a lot. <laughs> Never quite gets there. I was like, your wife just died. Yeah. And and you have to be a complete idiot not to know that she was gonna she's tell pregnant. you she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah. Because, <laughs> dude, how frustrating <laughs> is that? Anybody watching with. Would- and she, he's like, sh- I've got something I want to tell you. Yes. And like, just tell him. I'm like, just tell him you're pregnant. This is like, I didn't even remember what was going on. I was just like, well, clearly she's pregnant. Yeah. Yes. She should just tell him she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, so- yeah. They go back and forth like five times. Or <laughs> she's, she literally says, yeah, it's the first thing. I, I have something to tell you. He's like, well, I can't take it right now. She's like, but you need to. He's like, okay, tell me. Well, I can't tell you right now. <laughs> she, um, she kind of settles into the fact that like he's, like from the future, really easy. Well, because we have 25 minutes left in the film show and we're well into the third <laughs> act. We got to wrap this shit up. We're not going to drag the audience through. That I again. was surprised. I was surprised how long it took to get to that point where he goes back yeah. and like finds her. Um, and luckily, 
the hospital that he goes to to find Fielding is the same hospital she went to. Wouldn't she went to the hospital to get a blood test to find out if she was pregnant? Bro. Yeah. Is that how it was done in the 90s? I don't know. You guys tell me. No piss test? I mean, Mm. that seems like overkill. Um, Each pharmacy that she went to were all out of pregnancy tests. There you go. All of them. Every last one of them. Whoa, and she's coming out of a pharmacy in the mall when the movie first opened. (gasps) That's what she's doing, huh? Uh, Okay, so um, I'll start with Tess because this should be fun. (laughs) Tess, what did Time Cop do right Hmm. <laughs> okay. We may have to come back to test. <laughs> you know, we do this portion of the show. We do every every, every show. Week. We do, and it's like the other answer. I definitely I know already, but what it did right. Hmm. Oh, like what about even like, Mia Sarah? Can you say Mia Sarah being cast was? Yeah, it yeah it was definitely Mia Sarah, but I don't want to just there were boobies. <laughs> there were boobies. In there the were movie. boobies in this movie. <laughs> I mean, man, man, man. Okay, Joe, what did this yeah, movie do? Come back. Back to it. Uh, come back. There's a lot of things we can say. I'm gonna I'm gonna go high level with the, just the concept. I love the idea that in the future, where time travel has been outlawed, and where there's this secret um, sect of, of the government that is is tracking when when these time ripples occur and going back and trying to fix them like that's a that's a great uh David Lindelof uh TV series in the making you know i want to mm-hmm. see i want to see time cop the series but just two just two seasons you can't do of more course. than two seasons yeah yeah, yeah. um so i thought that it was the fact that the movie and i talked about this earlier it never tried to be more than what it was there's a definite tongue-in-cheek feel that comes from the sam raimi influence mm-hmm. and i think right off the bat like you've already you're, you're already starting on good footing because you've got that going for you and I, I think that's what this movie did right Devin, what do you think um i love the fact that it's a comic book adaptation that is done extremely well and translates well from the source material there you go. which Again, what you get when you have the people who wrote the book doing the actual movie. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned Ron Silver, who was just an amazing, amazing baddie. So um, I, and I, I love Bruce McGill. There's very yeah. few things that Bruce McGill does that I don't sit there and go, I, I, I don't want anybody else doing that role. And then yeah. it was real. I mean, in the recast, it was very, very hard to put hit anyone else wow. in with that. Um, I, th- I think I picked this generation's Bruce McGill. Oh, can't wait! Think, uh, I oh, dare I say. <laughs> Test. Right. Have you have you landed yes, on I, anything yet? Yes, I have. I I very much enjoyed all the scenes from the past, like the 1929 scene, like how Joel Joel talked about this a little bit, where this it, they looked better when they actually went back in time. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching that scene. That was me that said that too. That, well. By the way, oh my bad. I'm sorry for giving Joel the credit. <laughs> no, it's cool. I guess we all look alike. How dare you? I, 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 mean, you I mean, you guys are. You went there. You went there. Terrible. No, but I remember watching that 1929 that night that scene at the beginning, and I was like, oh wow. They. I remember wondering how much the budget for the movie was because they were able to go back and how good it looked. So there, I'll give them. That. You know, they didn't actually go back in time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it made me. It made. It was so great. It made me feel like they did. Joe. That's cool. That's cool. all right. So, what did the movie do wrong, Tess? Uh, well, I would have to say just he the cracks whole, his knuckles. Just 
Well, so, oh man, this is what I've been waiting for. No, 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 no. no. no I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. just really the the inconsistencies with like rules for time travel. I mean, what after seeing just so many shows and movies try to dive into time travel and them knowing they have to kind of set up the rules or tell us about them, mm-hmm. seeing this movie not and then have things like the shuttle go back in time but not appear when they actually get back there i guess it'd be too scary for the time period or i don't know and but then them also knowing things like yeah if you kill yourself here you will die and not be there in the future so it's just those incons- like knowing that there should be rules and understanding a little bit but not exactly establishing them those and following them cool all right. Yeah. I stopped listening about halfway through. Well said. Uh, <laughs> I figured I figured you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. I was listening. Uh Joel, what about you? Uh what do I think it did wrong? Um yeah, JCVD. Um it, it, <laughs> I know this whole movie is anchored around him, but uh I know there's a better movie in here if we just have a, a better leading man and not so much kickboxing in my time travel movie. Yeah, uh, I thought that the uh, the film was very lazy in the way that it set up time travel, the rules and the consequences. We talked about that. And I, I think that in a movie when you've got the central thing is time travel, I think you take maybe an extra day and bang out those details in the script. And, and <laughs> we, I'm trying to talk to my friends. Well, you were hanging in there, Joe, as we're all watching Joe get uh, sensually uh, caressed by his wife. Yeah, but not on the I've Facebook page. I've been there longer page. than I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, oh, hi. So, uh, hi, Sarah. I think uh, Devin says hi, by the way. That was me. Remember that the last time you right. saw Devin, he shouted at your belly when you were pregnant with Harper. And he <laughs> said, hello, future nerd. Remember that? And now she's five years old. Oh, my God. Um, yes. It's that long. Wow. It's been that long since you screamed at my wife's belly. Uh, <laughs> if I was, had old time in a bottle. one of my favorite memories. Um, but, yeah, uh, Devin, what do you think? Yeah, it, it plays fast and loose with its own rules. Um, it is a definitely, it's, it's, it's a product of its era and where the production design tries to predict what 2004 is going to look like. <laughs> it is just so far off the mark. Spend a little time, hire Sid Mead, hire a, a good production artist who looks at trends and doesn't just try to make everything blocky and uh, a reject from Total Recall. Yes. Yeah, that's what uh, it felt right. like. So if we were going to remake Time Cop today, here we go. Uh how would we do that? I've got one, two, three, four, five people recast with a director. Uh I have seven, uh, but those two extras are the thugs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did not do the thugs. Oh, I've got like eight, but honestly, mm. the eighth person is rollerblades. <laughs> I, did you I recast just... the rollerblading guy? <laughs> And I put Seth Rogen in that role. That's just hilarious. hilarious to see. Read it. What does it say? Wolverine. I can't do the exactly. laugh. Don't really. Exactly. Hilarious. It's good stuff. I did not right, so- recast the rollerblade guy. Go ahead and recast your thugs. I, I'm not going to. Well, do that. I have. I'm not sure if anybody else has a theme here. I have a bit of a theme, but uh, my theme is uh, time travel movies. Actors who have been in other time travel movies. So, for my uh, thugs, I'm going to go with a flea and Ashton Kutcher as the oh two God. main thugs. Okay, Tess. I didn't do those guys. You but didn't I, do those I guys. Did, I did the guy um, Spada, the uh, general at the at the beginning, who was like telling them about 
how he needed money for mm. oh my gosh okay the, the scott lawrence character <laughs> and for that, i went with he said scott Fox. lawrence like we remember oh, oh yeah oh, scott lawrence <laughs> i mean you guys remember everybody else's brother names. of joey lawrence <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the guy who, yeah. who tells us all about time travel at the beginning. Yeah, he, yeah. he looks like Obama a little bit. Kind of does. Like him, guy. Oh. And you recast him with who? With Jamie Fox. Jamie yeah. Fox. Yeah. Dude, he's gonna be playing Mike Tyson. What? He is. Have you yep. seen that? Yeah, he's playing Mike Tyson in his he's biopic. Up oh. to play Mike Tyson. That's pretty Her? good, man. That's good casting, I think. Thank you, man. It's gonna be a good one. Oh my god! <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> <laughs> you a biopic now. What? Where? How did that happen? Well, I mean, you know, he was in The Hangover, and yeah, uh, people like him with his face tat and his tiger. Cool with him, dude. He's he's doing Shark Week on <laughs> on Animal Planet. No, I mean, I I, I don't know. Problem. And look, Mike Tyson's <laughs> getting ready to get back into the ring now. Yes, he is. Yeah. How does Jamie Foxx score all of these roles? Is my question. How did the man who won an Oscar being it being Ray Charles in a biopic then go on to be Mike Tyson <laughs> in a biopic? There's yeah. something wrong with this. He's multi-talented. <laughs> he is, yeah, man. Oh man, and then Django. That was amazing. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I feel like the low person on all of our lists uh would be Fielding. Yes. Yes. The agent Fielding character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start off with that. Uh my fielding would be played by uh speaking of Lost earlier, Evangeline Lilly. Would be playing Ooh, my feeling. I like that. A little whitewashing in your cast there, huh? I went Whoa. with uh, actress's name is uh, Marsha Thomason. You may know her as the Handmaiden from uh, Martin Lawrence's Black Knight. Oh, no, nobody would know so my yeah, field. I actually, I actually do. Know Thank her you, Tess. I knew you would. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. It is pretty cool. Come, coming coming soon. soon to an episode. Soon. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, for well for my agent fielding, I went with. Zazzy Beats. Oh, love her. Zazzy Beats. Yes, the lovely. Very Zazzy. Good. Applause from Devin. What do you have? What do you have, Devin? I went back and forth, so I just wrote them down. I wrote them both down uh, sure. because I just got done watching Umbrella Academy and Oh Sweet Jesus! Nice. If you haven't watched it yet? Yeah, get into it now. Right. So good. Me, Raver Lampling, um, oh. who is one of the principals from there. She's phenomenal, and I go back and forth between her and Sonequa Martin Green. From mm. Walking Dead and Star Trek. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Okay, Matuzak is who I have next, mm-hmm. and uh, I went with Paul Giamatti in this role. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, I went with uh, Josh Brolin, who was in uh, Men in Black Three time travel movie. He was he was also in Avengers Endgame, which is a time travel. Yeah, you movie. know what? That, uh, Jenna said that too. She was like, "Well, you can open all the Avengers." I'm like, "No, no, no! I'm not going to do that. That's cheating." <laughs> so I'm uh, no no Marvel characters on my time travel recast. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Very good. Good for you. Thank you. Well, I went with Jason Sudeikis for my Matuzak. Oh, okay. That's good. Doing too. a comedic role or uh, or playing oh, it straight? Yes. Oh no, comedic. All right, definitely. definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's already got Seth Rogen in this thing. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> hey, they could be serious actors, too. You've seen mm. The Green Hornet, right? <laughs> Wait, what? Coming soon to an episode. The, the Michelle Gondry <laughs> Green Hornet movie. Wow. <laughs> we really should do that, actually. There's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Uh, what do you I have, went, Devin? I went with uh, Gerard Butler, because I feel like 
he doesn't have to carry movies like this as the lead. He's played the curmudgeonly bit, and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch Geostorm because it's a Geostorm. real, it's such a real shit show. But he, <laughs> he's almost Matuzak like in his delivery. Every single line he gives is like that. So he just kept coming up, and I was like, "All right, fine, your cast, go." Nice. Um, all right, Senator McComb, the Ron Silver role. What do you have, Joel? Uh, well, I, I broke my rule here uh, because I couldn't get over the, the fact that this guy looks like uh, Andy Garcia. Does he look like his uh, twin brother? Uh, he does. I agree so much that I cast him with Andy <laughs> Garcia as well. Alternate oh, reality uh, Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chess? Well, I went with Bobby Cannavale. Oh, for that. Okay. nice. All right. Yeah, that's good. Devin, who do you have? I want to see him play a bad guy. I love watching him work, and I think he's actually a really good director, and he was actually who I was going to have direct if I didn't cast him. But give me Jonathan Frakes. Oh, yes. Jonathan Cap- Frakes would be great here. Captain Riker? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so Max's wife, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have in that role, Tess? I have the beautiful Rachel McAdams. Mm, oh, very good. Joel, how about you? I went with uh, Emily Blunt from Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. I went with uh, Game of Thrones' Natalie Emmanuel uh, oh. playing the Melissa role. What about you, De- Devin? I went with Kristen Milotti from the uh, new movie yes. Palm Springs, as well as yes. How I Met Your Mother. And I think she'd be a phenomenal um, foil for this. That's really good. All right, and that leaves us with the the hero of our story, Max Walker. Uh, I had two options. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally, I was going to go with Chadwick Boseman in this role. Oh. Um, uh, But then I decided, you know what? I've got to go tongue-in-cheek. I've got to go the same route they went with Jean-Claude Van Damme back in the day. Oh, no. What is the closest thing that we have to Jean-Claude Van Damme right now? Jason Statham. Oh God, <laughs> you took mine, Joe. Oh, that's great, really. Did I really, you went with you went with Statham for this. Yeah, man, and I wanted not to because I was like, I feel like someone else is going to pick him. <laughs> Shows right, but I couldn't your, think of anybody good enough. Your timelines right. are converging. Joel, what do you have? Uh, I went with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Looper. Oh, from Looper, Jingle mm-hmm. Live. You love it, and Devin, bring us home. <sighs> I struggled with this. But I felt like if we're gonna if we're gonna hire a movie where it's an action star playing something you can actually act, I went with Scott Atkins. Oh, interesting. He is one of those action stars that's on the way up. He doesn't really. I mean, um, uh, he is an Eat Man. The finale, uh, Boyka, undisputed. Um, yeah. oh, probably yeah. his biggest credit right now. But you're gonna be seeing a lot of Scott Atkins. He's in little bit parts where he kicks ass almost. And then gets defeated at the very end by the hero. Yeah, he's but, in Doctor Strange. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he was in Doctor Strange. That's good. That's that's definitely a good one. I like it. Um, mine would be directed by Con Air's Simon West. Anybody else have a director? Oh yeah, I went with uh, Robert Zemeckis, of course. I went with Brett Ratner. Oh <laughs> fuck that guy! <laughs> but it's a good Brett Ratner vehicle. It, it's true. Yeah. You're gonna kick yourself. You're all gonna kick yourself. Oh. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Oh, wow! I would, I would watch a Time Cop. Edgar Wright. Oh my God! It just like done in the in the style of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, just the whole movie <laughs> just now Time Cop. Oh, that would be great. If you guys have any thoughts about how you would recast Time Cop or thoughts about the movie, stuff that we didn't touch on, uh, go to Facebook.com/slash Editing Bay or uh, in Facebook. 
Type in the editing bay in the search bar. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. That's going to take you to the same place. Tell us what you thought about the movie. Tell us what your criticisms are. And if you have ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, put them there. We'll add them to the list. Uh, we've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It's not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there. Bookmark it, if you will. Uh, anytime you need to find anything about our little podcast, you're going to find it right there on editingbay.com. We have links to our uh, social networks, the aforementioned ma- uh, Facebook page. What's that called? Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, also, our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. Please follow us there. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, links to subscribe to said podcast right there on editingbay.com. Okay, guys, leave us a rating, please. Rating and a review on your podcasting app. Five-star rating would be fantastic. And then just leave us a little review, what you think about the show. If there's, You know what? If there's things that you think we could do better, that's cool. Give us criticism. Just make it five-star criticism because you know what? If you leave less than five stars, you know what you are? Mm. You're one of those guys that goes back in time to try to change things, make yeah. money for yourself. Yep. And you know what? You deserve to find the past you and run into each other and turn yeah. into that glob of, of goo. <laughs> You're a Biff Tannen. And so, yeah, please. And then uh, share the show with your friends. Grow the show, as they say. Um, all right. Before we get into what we're going to do next week, I want to see, does anybody have anything they want to plug? Dev, you want to talk about Universal Remote? Tell the people what that's all about. Yeah. On Monday nights, we have an extremely fast-paced uh, pop culture trivia show. Uh, we play live on YouTube and Twitch simultaneously. Ooh. And is performing or competing to be the smartest person on the internet for six hours and sorry six days 23 hours and 45 minutes uh it's at universalremote.tv or on twitch.tv slash that devon guy monday night 9 p.m central 10 eastern 7 pacific awesome really quick i do also devon did a uh at the draft house he did kind of his version of remote control uh, oh, like yeah. a, a live version of that as well. Like this dude is like, if you, you want to talk about like the, the, the modern Chuck Woolery. Yeah. He's a talent. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> that is, How dare you? That is Devin. No, but I, I, something that not a few, not a lot of people know, not a lot of our listeners. I think if you know Devin, you know, this exists though. I think it lives on YouTube. There was a game show that I used to watch religiously on comedy central uh it was called win ben stein's money oh yeah and devin was on an episode of win ben stein's money and a very you? young devin pike i think not i made it to the second round i had the most uh points going into the second or most dollars going in the second round but ben's robotic thumb beat me <laughs> into submission i did not get an answer in in the entire second round the guy who went on from the second round, his name is Brian Robin. He is a, a sports writer from Sacramento. Oh. Um, went on to get all five grand of Ben's money in that episode. Wow! And he friends, and he's an amazing, amazing guy. But um, yeah, had I gone on because I was watching the episode in the green room after I got booted, I would have tied Ben. I wouldn't have won it. So uh, that's man. how you can justify his existence to you. Exactly. <laughs> it's so fun though watching young Devin on the show. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. I might be uh, misremembering. Didn't you also have something to do with Beat the Geeks? No. Um, no. I, I, auditioned, I auditioned for Beat the Geeks and I didn't make it to the panel. I love that okay. show, man. Yeah, that show was fun too. Uh, all right. So, um, who needs sleep? Do you is when is that? Is that coming back up? Is that we coming back? Really? I have to look up the date because we're actually in talks for it right now. We know it's going to be on. December uh, 5th and 6th 
at whoneedsleep.org. It's 36 hours straight online benefiting cancer fighters and their organizations that support them. So in this case, it is Cancer Support Community North Texas and the Blastoma and Lymphoma Awards at Cook Children's in Fort Worth. So if we do a live studio portion of it, it will be at Music City Mall in Louisville. Mm-hmm. We're going to be basically taking over uh, their convention space and they're doing the tree lighting that weekend as well. So that's going to be a lot of wow. fun. But in case um, the pandemic response still does not allow us to do it, we'll just do it in studio, but it'll still be the same 36 hours. Awesome. Awesome. That's a, and we'll remind you when that's coming yeah. back around. We'll have Devin come back on. We'll we'll remind you of it because his Cucinati. His name is pronounced. <laughs> <Cucinati>. <laughs> just, you just bought you know, yourself another year of guests. Some my, uh, my, uh, my my mother died of cancer, and so this is yeah. something that's very close to me. Uh, and so I think all the work that Devin's done, Devin's own personal fight. If yeah. you don't know Devin's story, I recommend that you follow him on the socials and learn his story because this is a dude that has told cancer. Like not today. Like he's tried. Mm-hmm. Cancer's tried to get on Devin's books, and Devin's like, "No, I'm not letting you in." Uh, and it, undefeated bitches. Yeah. It's a fantastic story. He high kicks it in, in the face. Oh just yeah, like Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. You're you're the time cop of cancer. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. What does it say? What does it say on the bottom of my shoe? <laughs> yeah. How weird was that? <laughs> it was so weird between the lines Read between uh, the right. lines. so what are we going to do next week and next week is my pick Ooh. and yes. i have been i have been so excited because i've known since last week what i wanted to do uh i think this is going to be an interesting experiment again a movie that came out the year before tess was born no oh. uh, so we're going back to 1991 i want to watch 1991's eight mile and of course, I'm talking oh, about eight. Cool oh. as Ice, starring Vanilla Ice. Oh no! Please have me back on next week. Back on next week. I can tell Robbie Van Winkle stories all night long. And you know what? Devin Pike may be joining us again next week. <laughs> Because well, I think that's oh. too delicious to pass up. If he's got stories, uh, yeah. Uh, Vanilla Ice's vehicle, cool as ice. Uh, Going to be talking yeah. about that. I think that also stars the dad from Family Ties. <laughs> stars. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I think uh, I, I think that can be found at a, a video store near you, or uh, <laughs> a blockbuster, you know perhaps. If you know any good pirating sites, yeah, you probably find it on there. Tom has a great <laughs> version of it. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, Cool is Ice next week right here on the Editing Bay. All right, Devin, thank you so much. Yes, man. welcome back. Having you on. It's, you. It's, it's, it's great to be on, seriously. Uh, Tess, it's a phenomenal meeting you, sir. Nice um, meeting you too, I, I, I don't begrudge you your opinions on JCVD <laughs> at all. I really, <laughs> really don't. Well, it takes a big man. There's one last thing. Yes. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. There you go. Yes. Thank you. Right. Arrest. One of those cops I went to high school with. Arrest that guy. Are you serious? <laughs> Not only did I go to high school with him, Devin, he was one of my best friends in high school. Wow. Um, all right. Well, uh, Devin, again, thank you very much. Yes. Ted, great job. Mm, yeah. yeah, man. Jeff, thank you, sir. Ugh. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. 
All right, guys. We'll see you next week for Cool as Ice. Ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.